All right, Lord, I just, it's so what an honor to come before you, Lord, to pray and you hear us, Father. Lord, I just right now pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Let us speak and think through your Holy Spirit. Let us just have a great discussion. I don't know who this will reach, uh, but ultimately you're in control of all of this, Lord. So just allow us to be humble and led by your Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Well, if you want to start us off by reading uh, Genesis 1-1, we'll be just going through the first uh, chapter of Genesis to start off this podcast. So this is the first episode. Um, I'm Cody, and this is my father, John. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So, physicists have come to the conclusion that there's five things in the universe. And without those five things, there can be nothing else. Those five things are time, space, matter, force, and energy. Obviously, anything of those five can exist in, in many different forms. But here in the first verse of the Bible, you have all five. In the beginning, time, God, force, created, action, the heaven, space, and the earth, matter. Without that sentence starting this entire creation, it would be invalid because there would be something left out. But that sentence is an all-inclusive summary of the entire creation. Genesis goes on to list the rest of the creation in detail. But without that sentence there, there, there's that with that sentence there, there is nothing left to question that God created everything, including time, in that instance. Uh, uh, so I don't know who will listen to this. I don't know who it will reach, Cody. I'm glad that I'm doing this with you. But I will say this: I have chosen to believe that every word of the bible or god's word is true uh, i believe that the earth was created by god it says to me right there um i think there are a lot of christians that waver on exactly what happened in the beginning of creation um i think i, I would encourage a lot of them to go out and research and study it to know what you really believe but in Genesis 1-1, it's in the word of God, so I believe. I believe it to be true. I believe that God created this world. Absolutely, no question there. And one of the things I wanted to mention there that interests me immediately about this verse is that it mentions the creation of heaven. A common misconception might be that God lives in heaven, or that's where he's from, or that's like maybe the dimension that he dwells in. But we have to understand that we're talking about something, someone that we cannot possibly describe. I listened to a great sermon a couple of weeks ago about how we are created by God to be like God, but we cannot understand the nature of God and we never will be able to. I just think it's really interesting that heaven gets created at the same time as earth, meaning that heaven is a place of 
creation. It's not necessarily God's house or where he dwells or where he comes from or, you know, whatever world it is that you might think that um, he dwells in. But it just really speaks to the awe of this verse in that we haven't even been to heaven. We don't know what it's like. We don't know anything about it other than what the Bible tells us. But yet it was created. Mm -hmm. I'll add my two cents during our discussion here. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I will say this, guys. I'm, I'm not a biblical scholar. I, I have a simple mind. In no way do I consider myself intelligent at all. And um, I like to keep things simple. I think I have a logical mind. And, you know, there's a big debate on going back to creation. There's a big debate on whether uh, God created it in a 24-hour period or did God do it in a way that leads people to believe in the time period over what we call evolution. Um, I do believe that it was a 24-hour period. I've, I've listened to professors speak on it. I've studied it for myself. The word day used in the translation refers to a 24-hour period. Um, and I, and I it, you know, for anybody that listens to this, that, that has debates with other people about creation, here's, here's the deal, and this is as simple as I can make it. If I believe that there is a God, and I believe that there's a heaven and a hell, which I've never seen in my life, which, which to me is the ultimate far-fetched belief I could have, then I would have to believe that God could have made all of this a day-by-day, 24-hour -day, period within six days and rested the seventh. That makes it easy for me. And I would encourage Christians out there that believe the Bible to be true to believe that as well, because that is the, the biggest uh, argument in today's age, you know, is, is this book true? And I think Christians battle that because the majority of media out there would would love to make us look like fools. That's irrelevant to me. Um, and and so, the New Testament definitely speaks on that, that yeah. we will be uh, taken up and, and put in courtrooms and accused and uh, even to the point where we will be killed just yeah. like Christ was because, because of his name. And, and that's who we follow. And that's whose name we claim loyalty to. So definitely as the world goes on and we get closer to the latter days yeah. and those prophecies start to come true, it will be harder to proclaim these things as truth, especially in a world that's so connected nowadays with uh, the internet and social media and everybody tracks everybody. And how many times in the last, you know, just the last five years alone, have you seen someone say one thing and immediately everyone is against them because they said one thing. And so um, we will definitely go through trials and we will definitely mm -hmm. go through tribulations. But what is important is that we are solid in the word. And this is right. why we do these things. This is why we sit down and study. Like I want to encourage Christians to be bold. Be bold in your faith. Um, don't allow all of that to make you silent on what you believe and know to be true. I, I think a lot of 
people out there would be surprised to know that over 40% of scientists believe in a young earth and creation. You don't hear that a lot uh, because, you know, when, when the Bible, when the Bible is true, then sin exists and people don't want to admit to their sin. So be bold in your stance. Uh, you don't, don't, you know, that song I always think of when I grew up, like hide it under a bushel. No, that's, that's not our role in this world. Our role in this world is to stand up and not to deny our faith. So that's one thing that I hope you get out of this is be bold and, and know what you read to be true. And, and with that being said, read it and study yeah, it and right. know what it says yeah. because a lot of the people that I have come in contact with that attack the Christian faith, they actually know a lot about the Bible and they're able to use it as a weapon to confuse people who don't know it that well. So if you really do believe that Christ was God and that he died for your sins, then you also believe that all scripture is God-breathed mm -hmm. and useful for reproof. So that's all scripture you know whether you're reading through the gospel of matthew right or you're reading through numbers you right. know no, no matter how boring it is it is all god breathed right and so you can get something out of everything and that goes back to like if you believe a heaven and a hell exist then to me it makes it easy to believe that this book that sits in front of me is without error like perfectly never proven wrong and um you know i know anyone out there could google how to prove the bible wrong and you'll get people that come up with answers that don't study the word of god as much as others and think they have all the answers to the contradictions and and where they think there are errors my faith is strong enough to know that this word of god is true in every aspect without error and i believe that all right so with that being said we're going to get into the hebrew now um so the word for god here is elohim uh elohim or when you have a word that ends in im is a plural so uh the one thing that's peculiar about hebrew is that in order to have a plural in hebrew unlike other languages when you would just have two or two of something to make a plural word in hebrew you have to have three and the word here for God is a plural word. So you have three Elohim, right? The Holy Trinity there. And of course, we get to go on to the New Testament, thankfully, uh, and look at Colossians 1.16, which says, speaking of Christ, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And then Ephesians 3.9 um, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. So you have God here in the flesh of Christ creating the world while the mm -hmm. Spirit dwells over mm -hmm. the waters. So uh, th make no mistake that the Son, Jesus, was there at the creation. He wasn't, he didn't, come to be later on and he was never created he was there at the creation in the first sentence creating the heaven and the earth um so so that's important to realize especially when you get later on into the new testament and start to understand that uh 
you know, there, there are so many explanations and references back to Genesis that the New Testament actually references Genesis more than any other book in the Old Testament. So you really have to know your Genesis when you're looking at all these references in the New Testament to understand them. Okay, I'll be the first one to say that I probably haven't studied as deep as you have. Um, it, it probably would help me to, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of translation from Hebrew to English and I don't know all the steps that it took to do that. Um, so sure there, there are going to be, oh, there's going to be a little bit of confusion when it comes to those translations. Um, I just trust the Lord to help me to understand that. And, and in no way do you have to study the Hebrew to understand all of it. Uh, I'll make that point right now. I, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that, if you don't think that the spirit is leading you to study other languages, then don't spend your time doing that. You know, obviously everything should be done through prayer and it should be spirit led. So if you think that, you know, God is leading you to a certain ministry or to a certain skill to learn or to a certain, uh, you know, even like a certain book of the Bible at certain times uh, that, that like I go through in my studies, I know that right now I'm going through James. The next book I go through is Romans. And I know this because of the six different Bible studies I've been to in three different states across the last year, uh, four of them have been in James and three of them, or I'm sorry, four of them have been in James and two of them have been in Romans. So I know that as I go forward, the spirit will continue to lead me in uh my actions and in my studies but one of the things that i feel that has been heavy on my heart is to learn hebrew and learn greek and be a bible teacher um but not everybody has to have fluency in greek or hebrew um the scripture is preserved now there are some translations that might be better than others but either way as long as you know the gospel you're saved. Everything past right. that, I mean, you have the right. internet, you have things like Logos Bible Software, Blue Letter Bible, eSword. I mean, there's all kinds of different tools you can use if you really do want to get into the languages. Um, but it is it is useful and it is helpful, and, and I love it. Yeah. Um, but like... Yeah, I, I, well, okay, so um, my son and I have agreed to do a podcast every so often i we haven't really picked the frequency and and the the time period that we'll be doing these um and i'm i'm not quite sure honestly why we have chosen to do this other than the fact that now is the time to stand up and and fight for uh, your right in America as a Christian to believe what you want without persecution. We don't, I mean, we have a small agenda that we'd like to talk about. However, I think the variety of topics that we'll cover are all, all throughout the Bible. So, um, you know, we, we address Genesis 1-1, but the, the path our conversation might take could cover all kinds of topics and i hope we get to do this often because i enjoy talking with my son about it i i like to learn from him and and just hear his you know his hear his um the the knowledge that he's come across um 
But I will say this, first and foremost, that, that I, I am a sinner. I have sinned with the best of them and in no way should me on this podcast make anyone think that I know my stuff. That That's not our goal here. Um, man, I, I, am, I am ignorant when it comes to comparing my intelligence to anyone else out there. So the first thing that we want to do is remain humble and admit that we are nobodies. All of, all of what I have is through God that has blessed my life. Um, what I want to do is encourage anyone out there that, that, has be, that has been tested or persecuted. We have to stand up. We have to change this world. And if you standing up just changes one person, then praise the Lord for that. But it's been on my heart and mind lately that our, our country is in, we're in a mess right now. And we have to change it. And the biggest question I have is how do we change it? And I can simply just say by Christ's love. That's the only chance we have to change this world right now. Because we, it, it would seem in my eyes that we are headed in a downward spiral, a spiral of uh, moral decline. And there's only one way to stop that, and that is through Christ's love, plain and simple. And, and we don't want to be, you know, insurrectionists or re re right. rebels or right. overthrowers of any yeah. kind of government. In fact, in Romans, it says that you shouldn't be like sure. that, and that every authority is put there uh, by God and, yeah. and for God's purpose. And so, um, like with that being said, the way that we can change other people's hearts or the way that we can be used to change other people's hearts is by sharing this right here, mm -hmm. the word. Yeah. Um, there's really no other way that me or my dad are ever going to be able to change someone's heart except yeah. by sharing the word of God with them and praying that the spirit right. does change them, their heart and give them a new heart. I know personally, um, I have grown up just a, a habitual liar and, and like someone who had so much pride in their heart that he couldn't even like confess the truth to himself. Um, that's how evil I was that I would lie in my own heart to myself because of my own pride. Uh, and, and every day I'm reminded of how disgusting and, and how vile, uh, sin is. And every day I am so thankful that I was drawn out of it and chosen and saved and given a new heart. And, um, these blessings don't come with rest. You know, it's mm -hmm. not just, oh, I'm saved. You know, I, I can lay on my couch and read a book all day. No, I, I need to learn and I need to grow and I need to right. eat the word. Um, one of the most interesting things about Revelation to me, among other things, of course, is that John eats a scroll. Chuck Missler makes a great point. He references back to all the Levitically clean animals. And what made them clean was that they chewed on their cud. And all throughout the scripture, uh, there's references and allegories to, to the taste of the word and, and eating the word and the bread of life and uh, these things that come with food. And there's another verse, uh, 1 Peter 2, 2, I believe, that says, 
as newborn babies, we should long for the word. I don't know how many of you out there have had a newborn baby or been around a newborn baby, um, but they eat all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and just as that verse says, it, it actually says we should desire the milk of the word. It calls the, the, the word the milk of the word among the bread of life and all these other allegories for food. If you've ever been really hungry or if you've ever actually been starving, you know what it's like to desire something so much that you'll literally do anything for it. And that is the point where my heart has come to in that there is nothing else in the world that brings me the same sense of peace and wisdom as when I sit down and literally just read, study, consume, eat, swallow, mm -hmm. chew, whatever you want to, whatever it is. Um, it's not just a, an action, it's an action and then there's meditation and then there's a reaction as well. And, um, and I just want to encourage everybody out there to attack scripture and really use it. Um, there's only one offensive weapon, weapon in the armor of God in Ephesians 6, and it's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So if you want to put on all of the armor of God, then you have to have some sort of knowledge of the word. It doesn't have to be, you know, a Bible scholar knowledge, but you have to at least know it. And, uh, and the scripture does speak of memorization and the stuff that you do in Sunday school that might have seemed like it was a little more for the younger uh, crowd, but those things have helped me out a ton. I mean, think about how many times I've just spoken scripture yeah. from memory in the last yeah. 10 minutes of conversation you know like i i want to add to like i i love simple i love keeping things simple and your salvation is as simple as do you believe that a man named jesus christ walked this earth and died on a cross for your sins that is the the true gospel there that's that is enough for your salvation and you could go through life with just that alone and secure your future in e for eternity. Um, and I will say the, the experience I had was some of my first years teaching down in Florida. I taught an AP computer science class. And, and if any of my AP computer science students come across this podcast, I love you guys. I miss you guys. Um, you know, I don't know where you're at in your life. Uh, but you think about the debates we had in just that class alone about creation versus evolution. And I will say some of those cats in that class were some of the most intelligent people I knew. Unfortunately for many of them, they had teachers throughout their years of high school that taught purely against the Bible. Um, Fortunately for me, that was the first time I realized that I had to be educated. I had to learn truly what the Bible said about creation. Uh, so it was, it was that group of guys that really encouraged me to study what I really believed in. Um, and I, you know, I, Cody remembers this too. That was at the time that I was fortunate to come across Kent Hovind's DVDs about creation. 
And that that is a great man right there. And, you know, if you Google Kent Hovind, I'm sure you'll see the world mock him and tell you what a sinner he is, just like the rest of us. He's made mistakes in his life um, that people want to use to invalidate what he says. But truth is truth. It, it, your sin, your sin has nothing to do with what God's word says. And um, I, I love Kent Hovind DVDs. God's blessed him with intelligence. Uh, I would encourage a lot of you to watch his DVDs. Uh, there are many others out there too uh, that you'll learn a lot from by watching. Cody would know more of those names, but for me, it was Kent Hovind. And after listening to those, I, I believe in a young earth. I believe that God used a 24-hour period in the Old Testament when he talks about each day. Well, so. it actually says here, Exodus twenty eleven: For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So there you have right there, Exodus, the scripture speaking on itself. Uh, in six days, like you said, mm -hmm. six 24-hour days. The Hebrew word there is day, and we'll get to that later on, of course, um, as we go through the creation. But one of the main points that I want to bring up tonight, and this is probably uh, the main thing that uh, that is on my heart in general across my entire life, is that, like you said, uh, and, you know, we used to watch Kent Hovind, and I was homeschooled for a little bit, and I used to watch Kent Hovind all day, and I learned a ton from him. Kent Hovind taught great things about creation he taught great things through genesis and uh and if you want to visit his website it's drdino drdino.com uh he has a great ministry and he continues to put out youtube videos almost nightly to this day and i i, I do enjoy his ministry with that being said i was missing a piece for so long in my life i understood that the earth was six thousand years old i understood that god created the earth in six days I understood that he rested on the seventh. I understood that, you know, he chose Abraham and that through Abraham there would be a seed. And I understood that that seed was Christ and that Christ would come to die to take away from sin, uh, to take away the sin from the world. But the one part that I missed out on was that I was a sinner. I didn't realize that I had to be saved. I just thought, oh, yeah, you know, Jesus came and he died. And yeah, yeah, well, I, I believe in Jesus. Well, if you read James chapter 2, it says that even the demons believe and tremble. And then if you go read that account in Mark 7, early in his ministry, the demons actually say to his face, Who are you, the Son of God, that you have, have you come early to torture us before the time? So mm -hmm. here you have two statements by demons evil spirits um one that jesus was the son of god which gets missed a lot nowadays mm -hmm. and two that he's coming back which also gets missed a lot nowadays mm -hmm. so you have really really sound theology and christology from demons and then it's touched on in james and he does such a great job james the book of james is incredible is absolutely incredible um it you cannot read the book of james and not grow as a christian but one of the things that I learned um, throughout my salvation has been that throughout my life, I believed that Jesus was the Son of God. I believe that he was even coming back. 
but I didn't understand that I had to give my life to him and follow him. When he is finding, there, there's several accounts of when he chooses the disciples in the New Testament, he says, come, follow me. He doesn't say, hey, next Tuesday, me and you got an appointment. Let's talk it out. No, 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 come, follow me. And there's actually a couple men, uh, I believe there's three different stories that I know of, where he says, follow me, and they come up with excuses. And there's no second chance that for them to get. They, oh, I have to go bury my dad in the backyard, or, oh, I, I, I got, I'm busy, I got plans this weekend. Or, oh, I, you know, I have a really good career, and I can't give up my career to be a Christian. That was the point that I missed out on. I didn't understand that you had to follow him. You had to drop everything in your life and follow him and listen to what was said and, and give your life to him. And, uh, and when I did that, I got, I got a new heart and I, the spirit of God came and dwelled in me and he has since. And uh, it's been nothing but, you know, growth and, and trials and tribulations since then. But the fruit of the spirit, I think, has um, just continued to, to harvest. But in the New Testament, it says that you shall know Christians by your fruit. And James even mm -hmm. says, examine yourselves. And I wish I would have known so many of those verses throughout my life um, because I think that, you know, salvation could have come earlier. But thankfully, it was a John MacArthur sermon on how do you know if you really saved? And I think he used a couple of those verses in James, actually, the night that, you know, I gave my life to the Lord and, and, uh, and was saved. So the nature of salvation is not simply believing that Jesus was the Son of God and not simply believing that, you know, he is coming back, but instead understanding that you are a sinner, you have no chance of getting to heaven except to be covered by the blood of Christ the same way that the firstborn son was saved in Egypt by the lamb's, the lamb's blood over the doorpost. I mean, that's, that's, that's the main thing that's been on my heart for sure for mm -hmm. this one. Um, I just, I wanted to share that and, and make sure that, and I'll continue to share that forever because I'm sure that there are many people that were in the same place as me for years. Um, so if there's any of you out there listening right now and you're like, man, that sounds like me. Well, listen, yeah. drop everything and follow Christ. That's all I have to say. I will say that just the home that I grew up in, thank the Lord, I had two godly parents who constantly taught me the Bible. And that's, I, I, I it was a blessing to have that growing up um, because I just remember the day like it was yesterday that I knelt down on the couch with my mom and knew that I had to pay for my sin and that terrified me even as a young kid I knew that I had done wrong uh, so at that moment when I knelt down on the couch I, I knew that I was forgiven and uh, I have lived uh, uh, my life for Christ now I have fallen short on a daily basis there are things that I am ashamed of uh, there are things that I have done that don't, um, <laughs> oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They don't represent. Yeah, yeah, represent is a good word. I, they, they don't represent Christ. Um, and 
I have, hopefully I'll have many more days of my life. And during those days, I will fall short again. Um, but that's the, the great thing about his forgiveness and his grace. Grace is one of the, 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 it's probably one of my most favorite words in our language. I, I wanted to name one of my daughters grace. If we had another daughter, we didn't. Um, but I hear that word in songs and it just the, what it does to my heart and on the inside of me is one of the neatest feelings I ever have because just like, and, and, and as humans, we experience grace from other humans, but when it comes from God, it is one of the most remarkable feelings I, I can ever have. So, um, we all have it. We all get grace. Uh, you, you have to receive it. Um, and I think that's enough for us to be fired up, fired up about what we believe in. Um, I, I, I yeah, I'll let you say something in a sec, but let, I will say this. I, I hope that we are able to do these podcasts many more times. And like I said, I hope these podcasts encourage you to stand up for what you know to be true. But I will say this. When you choose to stand up for God, he warns you that you will be persecuted for it. And um, it's a challenge that I gladly accept because my... Um, my eternal salvation or my eternal life is going to be far greater than any experience I ever have on this earth. And that's where I have stored my treasures. Uh, with that being said, the, a little word study for you guys, grace, um, grace is similar to mercy in that, you know, when you mm. commit a crime or you do something obviously evil or bad or whatever, you deserve a punishment. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's any disagreement on that across all of humanity. In fact, we all have some sort of moral code. And uh, and if you read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, he makes a great point in the first two chapters of the book talking about this this moral law that we all have. And uh, and if you don't think you have a moral law, wait till somebody steals something from you. <laughs> and then you'll, you'll have a moral law, I guarantee <laughs> it. Um, but with that being said, there has to be a punishment for the breaking of the law there has to be a, a a you know a wage for sin and that wage that you have to pay is death now mercy is when you have to pay for something that you did uh but whoever is charging you or whoever is delivering your the judgment your, judge, your judge does not give you that right and, and you receive nothing grace is one step further yeah instead of punishing you you get rewarded you actually you you have committed a crime you are sentenced to be punished and your judge says hey instead of putting you in jail for or put instead of putting you in prison for 10 years i'm going to give you a brand new car mm -hmm. that's grace yeah. so now you, you're starting to understand that oh okay we're sinners we have fallen short we owe god death and that's not just physical death that's a spiritual death uh which we'll, we'll discuss later but instead he sent his son 
as an act of grace to die as a sacrifice because he's a righteous God. There had to be a sacrifice. You can't just get rid of everybody's sentences and still be righteous. That would be like if everyone in the prisons across the entire world got freed mm -hmm. today. That's not just. That's not justice. Mm -hmm. But he sent a perfect human, a man, who was God and was blameless, sinless, to die so that instead of you receiving that punishment that you needed and getting that mercy, you also received eternal mm -hmm. salvation where you get to dwell with God. Mm -hmm. And I think you've said this before, like, well, I, I, you know, like, I don't really need to know that much about heaven. I know God's there and that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. And, and I completely agree with that. You know, it, it, we, to be in the presence of God is something that we would never, ever be able to deserve if it wasn't for Christ dying. Um, and so that being said, like, that's grace, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it is yeah. beautiful, no doubt. It is amazing. All right. Well, uh, with that yeah. being said, we're going to close in prayer and, uh, and hopefully next time we can maybe get to Genesis 1 2. So mm -hmm. uh, I'll, okay. I'll pray to close us since you prayed to open us. Uh, Lord, we come before you today just, just trying to serve you and uh, trying to speak um, your word. And just as you spoke everything into creation and it followed, uh, we just pray that with our words, Lord, your spirit will follow and that our seeds that we can plant through your grace produce fruit and that those fruits produce more seeds and that those seeds produce more fruit and it goes on and on and that we're able to glorify you and, and bring uh, more of both the Gentiles and the Jews to you, Lord, um, and, and everything that we do. And so with that being said, uh, we just pray all of this in your son, Jesus name. Amen. I, I will add one last thing. Um, I, I don't know who will listen to this podcast. Maybe no one. But if there's one person out there that listens to this, maybe you're the one that God has chosen for a revival in this country. Um, don't forget that. Um, that's exactly what we need. And we have to do that through love. It has to be Christ's love. So I just want to point out again that Cody and I do not think we know everything. I, I Some of the stuff that I think I know could be wrong. Um, but our goal here is to encourage anyone listening to strengthen your faith and to stand up and be the difference that this world needs. Because it, it can be a domino effect. Like you, the strength you have in your faith might be what changes one or two more people or a hundred people. And then in turn, those people have an effect on another 100 and another 100 and another 100. So we encourage you to strengthen your faith, to stand up what you believe in. And be the tool that God wants to use for a revival in this country. Amen. Yeah.